Greetings, friends and brethren. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Continuing Church of God. Now, what's the Continuing Church of God all about? Now, the Continuing Church of God says that we best represent the Philadelphian remnant of the Church of God. Uh, is the CCOG just a group or a corporation that follows the right rules? Now, within 25 hours of the official declaration of the Continuing Church of God, I posted that it was basically all about love, the giveaway of life. Matter of fact, the first sermon that I gave, that's what it was, and the Continuing Church of God was all about love. The rules are important, but what's more important? Well, according to Jesus, the Apostles, the late Herbert W. Armstrong, and the Continuing Church of God, love is what's most important. God's message has to do with love. God's plan has to do with love. You're familiar with this, but why don't we go over to the book of John, chapter 3, and I'd like to read verses 16 and 17. See what Jesus said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's not the only one who's supposed to love. I want to go to the 12th chapter of Mark's Gospel account. See some things that uh, Mark recorded. We'll start with verse uh, 28. It says, One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceived he answered them all well, and asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it, is this. You shall love your neighbors yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, there is no other but He, and to love Him with all the heart, with all understanding, with all the soul, and all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as itself, is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus noticed that He spoke wisely, He said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God, which is also about love. The importance of love is confirmed uh, throughout the, the New Testament. You know, the Apostle Paul 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 13 said, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, the Apostle John wrote a lot about love. Uh, going to go to 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 4, uh, read a few things about it. Starting verse 7. Beloved, let us love, let's love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and He sent His Son to be the perpetuation or atonement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Skip down to uh, verse 16. 
And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in, the world, in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now if someone says, I love God and he hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Let's go to chapter 5. Read the first few verses there. Chapter 5, verse 1 of 1 John. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is the Christ born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot him, also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, that when we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Some like to say that the commandments are burdensome, but Apostle John said, no, they're not. Herbert Armstrong wrote a few things about love, and I'm just going to cover some of them briefly since it's just a sermonette here. Uh, from the Mystery of the Ages, he wrote, True religion, God's truth, empowered with love of God, imparted by the Holy Spirit. Joy unspeakable of knowing God and Jesus Christ, of knowing truth and the warmth of God's divine love. Character might be summed up between, of the God, of, between God and Christ of love, being defined as outgoing concern. It's a way of helping, a way of give and sharing, not the way of get. He also writes here, God's law is spiritual, love can be, excuse me, God's law is spiritual and can be summed up in one simple but all-inclusive word, love. The government of God is based on the law of God, which is a way of life, of outflowing love, cooperation, concern for the good of the governed. Full comprehension of God's law, his way of life, is imparted by God through the Holy Spirit. But the law of God requires action and performance, and love is the fulfilling of God's law, Romans 13.10, and it can be fulfilled only by the love of and from God. The very basic teaching, belief, and doctrine of God's true church, therefore, is based on the righteousness of and obedience to the law of God. That law is love. But it's not human love. Human love can't rise above the level of human self-centeredness. It must be the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5.5. 5. Holy Spirit's basic teaching includes the fruits of the Spirit include love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness, temperance, etc. He didn't mention that, that's from Galatians 5. The teaching of God's true church are simply those of living by every word of the Holy Bible. Men shall turn from the way of get to the way of give, to God's way of love. Proclaiming that new 
civilization, that new kingdom of God is to come and to be based upon love is a major part of what the true gospel kingdom is all about. The Apostle Paul referred to part of it in one place as the gospel of the grace of God. Now I'd like to go to what's called the love chapter. This is 1 Corinthians 13. I'll just read a few verses here to, to start, and I'll read some more in a little bit. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but not, have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, if I have love, I profit me nothing. Now many think that knowledge, they have enough knowledge, they go through certain rituals or certain procedures or keep certain commandments, they think that's enough. But most end-time Christians don't have Philadelphian love. They don't have the type of work that God expects them to have. Jesus warned the Laodiceans who thought that they needed nothing, but he said they needed to change. Jesus indicated the Laodiceans were puffed up. But Paul says, love doesn't puff up. If you're in 1 Corinthians 13, now to go to verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Does not provoke. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And it's tough to continue sometimes when you have to endure various things. But we are too. Problem, one of the problems with the Laodiceans, they think they've endured enough. They don't want to take the risk of making the changes that those who have Philadelphian love would make. Continuing in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, this time verse 8, Love never fails, but where there's prophecies they will fail, whether there are tongues it, they will cease, where there's knowledge it will vanish away. For we know in part we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Paul writes, verse 11, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And in verse 13, I mentioned this one before, now, abide faith, hope, love, and of these three, the greatest of these is love. Now, in Hebrews 13.1, it can be literally translated as, let Philadelphia continue. Why would God want Philadelphia to continue? Well, the Laodicean church is the last one mentioned in the book of Revelation. And it's last because it's going to be the most predominant church during this age. And actually, the word goes to Laodiceans plural. So there's a bunch of Laodicean groups. Now, you could literally translate Laodicea as something like people decide or the people rule or the judgment of the people. Uh, they have the emphasis on the wrong thing, basically on aspects of self, either self-doctrine, self-preservation, self-comfort. 
A lot of people are not with us, by the way, because we don't have a church near them. They have to. They say they have to have this. They have to have that. They've got their own priorities. Jesus said he rebukes them and he counseled them to buy gold refined from him in the fire to have the right priorities. And we know that a portion of Philadelphia is going to exist. Why? Because in Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 10, to the Philadelphians, Jesus said, Because you've kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. It's the Philadelphians, and only the Philadelphian remnant would be around at that time who promised protection. And it talks about the fact that a portion of the church, this is from Revelation 12, 14, are, quote, given two wings of a great eagle, that she may fly in her place in the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a times. Now, what does love have to do with the Philadelphia remnant? I mentioned Hebrews 13, 1. Generally speaking, it's translated, let brotherly love continue, which literally means Philadelphia continue. And brotherly love needs to continue amongst those who believe they're Christians. And Philadelphia itself needs to continue because there's emphasis on love. Now, it's important to understand that despite flaws of Christians, including those of us uh, in the Philadelphia remnant, that love is what God's way of life is all about, His kingdom is all about. And that's part of the message. Strong's Concordance says Philadelphia means love of the brethren or fond of the brethren. And Jesus used this term when he was speaking to Peter. We're going to go to John 21, verse 17. This is Jesus speaking. He says, He said to him third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. A trait of Philadelphians is that they love their brethren and they'll sacrifice in order to do so. While some will argue that it only means taking care of those who are already in the church, this is inconsistent with such as the commission in Matthew 28, 19-20 to go to all the world uh, to teach all things Jesus commanded, as well as Matthew 24, 14 about the gospel of the kingdom being preached to the world as a witness before the end comes. But also Jesus' words in John 10, verse 16. And other sheep... I have which are not of this fold, them I must also bring, they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. In addition to this, the Apostle Paul wrote about the fullness of the Gentiles coming in, and that's something that we, the Philadelphia remnant, are doing, reaching Gentiles. You know, Philadelphians are to love others, not just themselves. In the mystery of the ages, the late pastor general of the old Worldwide Church of God, Herbert Armstrong, wrote, this era of the church was to produce fruit. He also wrote, true religion, God's truth empowered with the love of God imparted by the Holy Spirit, joy unspeakable of knowing God and Jesus Christ, of knowing truth in the warmth of God's divine love. A lot of people are hesitant. They don't want to do everything they should do. They're afraid. Jesus warned Mark 8 verse 35, 
For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sakes and the Gospels will save it. For Jesus' sake and the Gospels. Doing the work of God at the end times. Philadelphia will give up their all to proclaim the Gospel. In Revelation 3.8, Jesus said, The Philadelphians have a little strength, kept my word, and not denied my name. So not a particularly strong church or a large church by the world's standards. They've kept God's word without watering it down. They haven't denied Christ's authority, which is a way you could uh, translate the word name. Uh, Philadelphia's accepted Christ as the head of the church. It says in Ephesians 5.23, uh, and God's church is organized. Philadelphians accept the type of organization that's discussed in Ephesians 4. I'll, I'll read a few passages there, starting verse 11. The Apostle Paul wrote Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, through the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is our head, and that's Christ. Philadelphians are organized, need to keep preaching to the world until the end comes, because they're going to be around to the time of the end. One of the things that we've done uh, in the uh, Continuing Church of God is put out lots of literature, one of which is called The Mystery of God's Plan. This is a booklet that we have. It's available free at ccog.org. And it talks about what God's plan is. Why did God create anything and why did God make you? And I'll tell you, this, I'll tell you the answer. You can read the whole booklet. It's got lots of scriptures and such. But the answer is, God made what he did, so eternity would be better. That's why God created anything. And why did he make you? If you will respond, either in this age or the age to come, to God's way, and, and do what God asks you to do, you will not only be granted eternal life, but you will be able to give love in a unique way, based on all the circumstances, all the things you've gone through in your life, in a unique way to make eternity better for you and everyone else. It's all about love. And this is message of the continuing church of God. We understand God's plan is all about love, but many people don't fully understand that. Oh yes, some people understand that God's got a plan regarding deification and the coming kingdom. That's true. But why? Why did God make anything? It was for love. He didn't make everything so people just worship Him. It was all made because of love. Your role for eternity, if you'll respond to God, is to give love in a unique way to make eternity better for yourself and everyone else. What's the Continuing Church of God all about? It's all about love. The commandments show love. They teach love. The message is love. Don't, don't misunderstand what the message is. The message of the Philadelphian remnant of the Church of God, the continuing Church of God, it's all about love. And I've holding up this booklet, which has lots of scriptures 
from your Bible, which also shows that God's plan is all about love. And what we are proclaiming is that God's plan truly is all about love. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Continuing Church of God.